Welcome to episode 12 of the Play Like a Champion show, a podcast from the Play Like a Champion Today educational series. I'm Peter Piscatello, and I'm joined by Kristen Sheehan. She will join me in just a moment, but first, a little housekeeping. We want to thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you missed last week's conversation with the legendary coach Muffet McGraw or any of our previous episodes, be sure to go back and take a listen. We've had an opportunity to sit down and learn from some great leaders in sports. And let me tell you, we've got a treat for you today. You can find the Play Like a Champion show in all your favorite podcasting services, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and more. While you're there, make sure you click the subscribe button so that you're alerted to new episodes as they're released. And if you do us a favor and rate and review the podcast, if your app allows you to do that, that would be greatly appreciated. It does help provide valuable feedback and helps others to find the show. Finally, connect with us on social media at PLC, the number four character on Twitter and Instagram and at Play Like a Champion on Facebook. Our website, playlikeachampion.org. All right, that's enough of the housekeeping for today. I'm really excited about our guest today because he is one of a kind. Jamile Cannon is the founder and executive director of The Block. It's a terrific organization that is changing the lives of children on the west side of Chicago. Uh, we're going to be joined by Jamile here momentarily. First, let me welcome Kristen. Kristen, how are you today? Hey, Pete. I am great. Uh, just grateful to uh, be entering uh, a new season. I'm looking at, I've got this tree outside my office window and the leaves have fallen off, but it's filled with red berries and the ground got, you know, kind of cold this morning. And so the birds are swooping on this tree and taking the berries off so that they can sustain themselves through the winter. They're taking them to their nest and it's just a constant flurry of wings carrying the berries away. It's really beautiful to watch. <laughs> you you paint a beautiful picture of fall in that image. I am looking out my window at winter uh, <laughs> here in Kansas City where uh, we're not used to winter in October, but uh, the uh, the ground is covered with snow. The trees have got some snow on them. Uh, you know, nothing, uh, probably an inch maybe out there, um, but but maybe not prepared for that until December. So uh, uh, I like what you're talking about. It's getting a little chilly in some parts of the country. Maybe the birds know that that snow is coming my way and they're getting their berries um, off the tree so they can eat when the snow arrives. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So uh, I'm sure for many of our listeners, uh, when you when you listen to this, you'll uh, uh, be feeling the same way we are in one way or another. But uh uh, hopefully we've got still some some mild fall weather ahead of us as we head into the middle of November. So, uh, Kristen, great to hear from you today, but we've got a, another voice on the line here that uh, we're excited to get to. Tell us a little bit about today's guest, uh, Jamile Cannon. Sure thing, Pete. So I have the pleasure to introduce Jamile Cannon. He is a national collegiate boxing champion from the University of Kentucky and the founder and director of The Block, which is uh, his program in Chicago, which I'll allow him to introduce more to you uh, what his mission is with The Block um, for students uh, on Chicago's west side. Um, but he's built this program um, to use the discipline of boxing to support academic, social, and developmental needs of Chicago's teens. And its main goal is really to break the cycle 
tackle poverty and reduce violence in that community. Um, it's interesting that that is a sport program and the goals did not mention sport necessarily, which we can hear more about from Jamile uh, regarding his 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 mission with that program. But first, Jamile, can you tell us about your upbringing and the role that sports played in your life as a young person? So first of all, thank you all for having me on. I'm really excited to share more about the block and uh, and 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 connect on a deeper level with you all. So uh, I'm from Lexington, Kentucky, and I, I grew up with a with, with a single mother and uh, my two brothers. Um, and we uh, we didn't have a lot growing up, but she made sure she kept us involved in sports. We were playing sports year round uh, when when we were school children, uh, and I think she understood uh, the value of of learning teamwork, discipline, the routine, and maybe she just needed us out of the house. But it, it really, uh, it, it really helped me be a part of something my entire life. Now, we we didn't, like I said, we didn't have a lot. And uh, at one point, my mother was was married, and uh, my stepfather uh, was addicted to drugs, and it caused a lot of uh, a lot of instability, a lot of problems within the household. Brought out a lot of anger in me as well. Uh, and sports was one of my one of my spaces for stability. When things weren't going well at school, things weren't going well at home. I always knew uh, that I could pick up a ball or go to practice or you know work on my craft, and I would would feel at peace. I would feel uh, feel peace of mind, and that was something that was often difficult to find. So, uh, as an adult, I recognized really quickly that. Uh, that I wanted to spread this love of sports to other people so that they could have the same peace of mind that I had growing up, no matter what type of difficult circumstances they may be coming from, uh, no matter what they may be, may be facing at the time. Uh, because I always knew that I could tap into my love for sports and, uh, and I had coaches and mentors to go to, I had teammates to rely on and teammates who relied on me. Uh, and I, I know that that's an absolutely necessary force in a lot of young people's lives. I want to expand a little bit upon that. Uh, and, talk a little bit more about your sort of boxing career at the collegiate level as well, because that's uh, obviously it's impressive. And I think that speaks to sort of as we get into the block and that conversation. Um, but you emphasize, and Kristen referenced this a little bit, that the block is it's not a boxing program, but a program that helps youth recognize their capacity for excellence. Maybe you can get in a little bit more on, on your end, how boxing or sports in general helps you realize your capacity for excellence um, and sort of the idea of uh, whole child development rather than just athletic skill, uh, which I know you alluded to a little bit there, but maybe you could talk a little bit about that and how that shaped you. Absolutely. I, I, I think a lot of people, when they, when they imagine boxing, they just picture this fist fight for money. Uh, they, they see the, the brutal nature of the sport and they think that there's all there is to it. That's the main uh, component of the sport uh, being brutality. Uh, and that's just not how we approach this sport at all. If you're going to be successful in the sport of boxing, you have to master all the internal things that may be holding you back, whether that's fear, anxiety, that, that could be anger, uh, that could be a lack of confidence, laziness. You have to get a hold of all of those things if you're going to move forward, just like you have to get a hold of all those things or you have, you have to manage those things in your day to day life uh, if you're going to be successful. Uh, and that's what boxing helped do for me. Uh, I, I I had a lot of pent up anger from my childhood. Uh, I I mean I, I used to fight a lot as a kid. I was arrested as a you know a, a teenager uh, for street fights. I was suspended from schools. I I um, 
I, for the most part, I could keep myself together in school. But when I got out of school, I was kind of a hammer looking for a nail. I couldn't turn down a fight. And, and I didn't recognize why that was uh, until really I got into the sport of boxing and started recognizing my triggers for anger. Uh, because if you wait until you're angry in boxing, you've already, it, it's too late. Uh, you need to catch, so you need to catch anger on the way up. Uh, and, and boxing helped me recognize what it feels like to be starting to get angry as opposed to, uh, as opposed to trying to manage my manage my behavior once I was already angry. Uh, so uh, I I think boxing is a perfect tool for youth development uh, in the sense that uh, it, it it really teaches you uh, to uh, to recognize your emotions and manage those emotions. It's an individual sport, but you need an entire team to accomplish the goals that you have. Uh, and the, the the fight is continuous, just like in life. Well, Jamal, that that comment, the fight is continuous, just like in life, um, is is powerful. Um, thank you for that notion. And um, so, how does the block address that for children today? Tell us about the history of the program and its mission and vision. Absolutely. So, if you're a kid on the west side of Chicago, uh, and I ask you to join a mentoring and tutoring program, that answer is typically no. Uh, it, it, it does not sound interesting to you. It, it sounds uh, along the lines of the other outlets that have rejected these young people for so long. There's an entire uh, swath of kids on the west side of Chicago who've been told they're not good enough, they're not smart enough, they're not well-behaved enough uh, to be a part of positive outlets. And, uh, and, and I know that we've got to do something about that. I recognize that I, I need to do something. When I started a basketball team at, the, at, at school that I helped start, and 70 kids showed up for the tryouts and we cut 58 kids on the first day because they didn't have the grades, behavior and the skill to be a part of the program. Uh, because we cut them, we shut them off from the relationships that was going to help them build the grades, behavior and the skill. And it's not like kids get rejected and then they decide they're going to go on and do great things all of a sudden. Kids get rejected and they're left to their own devices. And on the west side of Chicago, we, when we leave too many kids to their own devices, they end up in the streets too often. So I started a boxing club in my classroom out on the west side. It was initially just 12 kids who would show up, would have some boxing lessons and, uh, and, and go home. But it, it just it grew and grew into more of a, a team. We started building relationships. And at the end of the year, I checked their grades. And they had grown in their GPA uh, to a 3.18 GPA. Uh, they had 40% uh, fewer discipline demerits than they started the year with. They also grew 40% more on their ACT than the uh, than their classmates in the same school. And I, I recognized that this was something that we wanted to expand. Uh, so the next year grew to 20 kids. We had the same results. Next year grew to 40 kids. We had the same results. And I decided we were on to something. And the school was actually getting tired of me funneling my fundraising through them. So I had to start my own nonprofit. Uh, so I got a board of directors together and we launched a block so that we could spread the love of boxing to provide resources and opportunities to Chicago's West Side kids. Uh, at the end of the day, when you look at what's happening on the West Side, we, we, we're down the street from a high school with a 38% high school graduation rate. Uh, there's, there is endemic poverty in our community. There's, uh, there, there are a lot of things that you can look at, and there's one of two conclusions that you can come to when you consider the facts of our situation. Either the people in this community are less talented, less intellectual, less deserving than the rest of Chicago, or something profoundly unfair is happening. 
And I, I strongly believe that something profoundly unfair is happening because there is a lack of resources in this community. Uh, there's a, there, there, there are, there are a lack of outlets for young people that are going to, going to build them to be better people. Uh, there's, there, there are kids who are just lacking their basic needs, their, their needs of safety, their needs of belonging, uh, the physical and psychological needs that, that are necessary for positive development. And we have to do something about that. When we confront the fact that something unfair is happening, I think it's our responsibility uh, to step up and, and change that. And the block is one way that I'm looking to change that. Well, you're doing a phenomenal job with that and, and obviously a, a terrific program. Really excited for the opportunity to, to hear about it. Um, tell us a little bit about it. We've, we've now worked with you for a few years, I think, um, between a Play Like a Champion and our, a Team for Every Child initiative. Tell us how that philosophy uh, and, and the conversations we've had over the years uh, fit into your mission as a coach and, and as director of the block. Absolutely. I, I've always been uh, excited to work with Play Like a Champion because it was the first group to approach me uh, with the full understanding of how important sports were in uh, developing, developing positive, successful, adjusted young people. Uh, and uh, when, when I, when I was connected to play like a champion, got to learn the training methods and essentially the curriculum that coaches received, I knew that it was a, a positive opportunity to not only impact my own program, uh, but the the culture of athletics in the city of Chicago and in the country um, at large, and I, I think that's a really important uh, a really important momentum, a really important a, a really important idea that we need to take up in sports uh, more uh, more consistently. The idea that we're not just sports programs, but the idea that we we are here for the development of the whole child, and I think it's an easy thing to say, and every coach in the world will say it. Uh, but to uh, to to almost codify it into a curriculum, to uh, to to train coaches up in a way of thinking, and to find a way for for us as coaches to hold ourselves accountable for the development of the whole child, I think is uh, the the revolution that we need in sports. Uh, so it, the play like a champion fits directly into our philosophy of using sport as a um, as, as a tool and not just a, not just a, a an end of an end in and of itself. Uh, and that, that's why I'm, I'm, I'm always excited to be involved. Uh, and, uh, we'll, we'll continue to, to spread the word of, about, about play like a champion so that we can get more coaches, uh, under this umbrella so that we can really use our, our medium of, of impact to, to change the world. Well, we want to be there to work with as many coaches as you bring us, Jamal. We um, we say that we are a community, right? And together we are stronger. Uh, so pulling those resources and working together is, is critical. Um, so Jamal, last winter, I had the opportunity to attend one of your practices and it was truly impressive. Uh, I saw firsthand the love and the care you have for the student athletes who are in your in your program, and um, I was just so touched by that 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 compassion. Um, I got to see it. So, could you share with us a little bit about what a typical day at the block looks like for your student athletes? Absolutely, uh, we are you know currently throwing typical out of the window right now. Uh, we we are in a, a completely new time, and I I'm uh, equally as um, 
as passionate about uh, what we're doing now uh, during COVID-19 uh, to, uh, to adjust the needs of our kids. Uh, so today, uh, right now downstairs, we have a virtual learning uh, lab that's been built out uh, because Chicago Public Schools is in virtual learning. Uh, virtual learning did not work for a, a, a large number of students in Chicago and a vast majority of our kids uh, were not properly served by by that format. So we knew we needed to do something about it. We uh, we we consulted with uh, with public health officials. We consulted with uh, contractors, and we found uh, a way to bring kids into the building by uh, building out barriers, increasing ventilation, uh, and scheduling, uh, having really strict and rigid scheduling, uh, so that we can we can support kids through virtual learning. So kids uh, come to the block for a full school day now, twice a week. Uh, they uh, complete their virtual learning online with laptops that we uh, that we that, that, that we supply if they need laptops. They have a, a stable connection to the internet. They have a safe place to study, um, and they get study breaks. So on a study break, a kid might go run on a treadmill or lift some weights or uh, or uh, color in a coloring book if that's what they want to do. After training, they uh, they engage in boxing training as well. Excuse me. After class, after school, they engage in boxing training. We switched up our entire training regimen so that it's non-contact and distanced, um, and and we we make sure we're trying to, we're doing this in this in this safe as a, a format as possible so we can continue uh, to meet the needs of our kids. This isn't dissimilar from what a typical day would look like at the block. Uh, it's just a longer school period uh, because typically at the block when a kid shows up, the first thing they do is they have their their homework time or their uh, their tutoring time. Uh, where we could be uh, working with them on subject-specific remediation, uh, or they could just have uh, time to do their own homework. None of this would happen if they didn't have the promise of boxing at the end. Uh, so boxing is the, the tool that we bring uh, youth in with, and we're really serious about the sport of boxing. We do have champions. I, I, we believe that excellence is a habit, so you have to push for excellence in all the areas that you're, that you're working in. Uh, but we make sure we get those academics in first. Uh, young people get check-ins, so roughly a weekly check-in. We we're, we're pushing towards a weekly check-in uh, with adults that uh, help them troubleshoot any issues that might come up. Uh, and uh, they, they, they set rigorous academic goals that we support them to meet. Uh, quarterly, our, we're taking our kids on uh, college trips. Uh, young people get uh, experiential learning uh, because just getting your feet on the ground on the college campus or even going to a museum, uh, going to someone's workplace, going to a football game. All these things are, uh, are experiences to build a young person's schema, builds their background knowledge and helps them expand their horizon so that they can, they can reach for their goals and they, they can aspire to more. Uh, so we, boxing is the very first step. Uh, we, we bring them in with that uh, so that we can teach them how to fight for their success. Oh, that's, that's beautiful. And, you know, Jemaya, one of the things that I was touched by what you do, um, so you do the academics first, and then they, the promise and the lure of getting the opportunity to box uh, gets them into your, um, into your program. Um, but I watched your boxing practice, which was very high energy, very, um, very encouraging, uh, very much a group together working um, to become better. I like your idea that excellence is a habit. Um, tell us about the end of your practice where you do shout outs. Uh, I thought that was really impressive to give kids encouragement and find their voice and provide that agency for those kids. 
Oh yeah, the shout outs at the end of practice check off a lot of boxes for us. There's a lot of research that goes in uh, that has gone into say that you know showing gratitude for other people actually makes you happier uh, and improve and improves your own social emotional well being. Uh, so and then there's also the idea of you know speaking to an entire group, which you know most people fear more than death. Uh, we want to we, we want to uh, cross those barriers. I think it's a really important uh, tool for young people to have. So at the end of every training session. Everybody speaks. Um, everybody uh, speaks about another individual in the group who did something positive that day, who helped them, who showed a, a ton of hard work, who who just stood out to them for for any reason. Uh, and we express their appreciation verbally by giving a shout out. So, uh, you know, Darius might look at Lamont and say, "I want to give Lamont a shout out because when we were working on the bag, I saw that it was really difficult, and you uh, you you kept fighting through it, and that made me want to fight harder." Um, so it, it, it gets people looking for the good things in their lives, uh, gets people expressing, uh, expressing themselves, especially for, you know, young black men, uh, the, the way that we, we tend to relate, uh, is by making fun of each other. Uh, and it's not always the healthiest way to, to relate to one another. So I, I think switching that up, uh, making sure we have some intentionally and focused positive time, some po some positive interactions uh, is incredibly important for uh, for all of our development. So, Jamiah, we uh, I think Kristen must have told me about this uh, after she saw it in person. Uh, and it's actually something I, I kind of stole and used with my uh, my daughter's soccer team. Uh, so I think we started this last year when they were in fourth grade. Uh, but. Uh, I would say this just to say, I'm not even sure it matters who the kids are um, or where they're from. That experience of at the end of practice, taking an opportunity to shout out what you saw someone else do well uh, and be specific and, and be grateful is really powerful. And it actually it's had a really good uh, sort of uh, effect on building up the girls at the end of practice and kind of making them more of a team as well. So uh, kudos to you for that, uh, because uh, uh, it's an idea that I think has um, can benefit teams everywhere. Yeah, th thank you. Th I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad you are doing that. And j just the idea that you're looking for something good um, all the time, and when you find that something good, you're probably going to go and do that something good as well. I, I I think it really has a snowball and domino effect within within training. So I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad you all are doing it. I just wanted to mention, Jamile, that during COVID, you also held virtual boxing sessions for grownups. And so I had the opportunity to join your training and my my family joined, my son Danny and my husband Dan joined, and we had so much fun. And um, just to the point of, I mean, it was fun to learn some boxing technique and it was a great workout. And um, you gave me a shout out during that virtual workout. And I said to my husband and my son, hey, look, I got a shout out. <laughs> <laughs> so and I'm, I'm a grown up, right? So we all need those, um, those times that we get acknowledged uh, for something that we've done. And so thank you for me that you, you built my agency in that moment. <laughs> yes, yes. I, and those, those, those virtual workouts were a, a ton of fun. It was great to see you and your you and your family on there. I, and, and yeah, shout out. I think they work for everybody. Gratitude is something that, that I think everyone should be practicing and showing appreciation for other people. I, I, it, it boosts everyone's spirits. 
Absolutely. So we at Play Like a Champion aren't the only ones who have recognized and acknowledged your incredible work uh, with the block. Um, you were named by CNN as a uh, CNN hero. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, it's all. It's always fun to get get recognized, but it, it, and it's also important uh, to, you know, I get named CNN hero. Uh, but kids are doing all the work, uh, sort of deal. So I, I, it, it's, I, to me, I always take those things as a, as a celebration of the work that the young people are doing. Uh, for, for instance, uh, we, we just got to announce the number one draft pick for, uh, the Chicago Blackhawks. And, uh, when I came back with the Jersey, it was like a celebration between, uh, it was a celebration with the kids because, uh, you recognize that, you recognize it as the I recognize it as not just about me, but it's about the the work of an entire uh, group of people who've come together to to support the the well being of young people and the young people who are working their tails off, uh, so that uh, so that these these uh, this recognition keeps coming in. Uh, so I I'm I'm always uh, excited by these opportunities because it's validation of uh, the work that we're all doing together. Uh, the name the block uh, it's uh, it it literally means a group of entities coming together for a call. So the kids, the parents, the volunteers, the organizations all coming together uh, so that, uh, so that we can support the, the well-being being of the young people in our community. Um, so I, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm always happy uh, for that sort of recognition because it's just validation of the work that we're all doing. And uh, it, it, it's also an additional, you know, gas to the flame to to keep moving forward to keep our kids energized keep our supporters energized um and and confirmation that we're headed in the right direction yeah without a doubt i think that's all wonderful stuff and we always enjoy seeing that as well um and and seeing the uh, the opportunities to celebrate the impact you're having there uh want to ask you a question we ask everyone as we kind of wind down uh, our, our conversation here um, can you share a story with us about, you know, more of, a, I guess, a specific story about the way the block has changed a young person's life? And we ask this of all of our, our coaches that we have on because we know the power of coaching to change lives. And you've obviously spoken to that here quite a bit over our conversation. But you just have a, a story that comes to mind that you could share um, about a child who was dramatically changed by, by the impact you're making there at the block and, and what that was like. For sure, I. What comes to mind is a, a story I haven't told often. Uh, but there's a young kid who I met when he was 14 years old, uh, really free spirit, can't rein him in sort of kid. Uh, and you you never want to uh, disrupt that energy. You want you want people to think for themselves and uh, be independent. Uh, but at one point, he just kind of disappeared from the program. Things were going well for him, I thought, uh, and suddenly he was gone. Uh, he, he left the program for two years from the time he was 16 until he was 18. Uh, he, he graduated high school in that time, but he kind of just made it through the fire in his high school graduation. And he was a really bright kid. He had been accepted into uh, some really selective programs as a freshman and sophomore. He was uh, studying on campus at the University of Chicago. Uh, that, he 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 had all the markings of someone who had potential until he just disappeared and i i, I didn't know uh, what was behind that because he wasn't necessarily talking to us uh when he came back um when he was 18 years old 
I learned that he had gotten into drugs. Um, he uh, had really gotten onto the wrong side of the law, though he didn't. He hadn't been caught doing anything illegal, uh, but he was on a path that typically leads to destruction. Uh, on the west side of Chicago, he talked about you know being involved in a robbery. He talked about uh, you know selling drugs and uh, they. The, the the path that 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 puts you on is 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 never a positive one. It ends in death, or it ends in long long term prison sentences, and we we know that from from experience out here. Um, but he came back to the block after um, he just recognized that he was in a pattern of waking up, trying to figure out how to get drugs, getting drugs, going to bed, waking up, trying to figure out how to get drugs, doing it. And he was in this cycle, and he didn't he didn't want to be it anymore. Uh, so he, he he came back to the block um, the year I did graduated high school. Um, we uh, we we set a goal for him to become a personal trainer. So he started studying to do that. Um, he started taking clients earlier um, earlier in the year. Uh, so now he's he's at a point where you know we have a goal of him making thirty five thousand dollars a year uh, in personal training this year. Uh, he's he's working with young kids in the block now. He's really. Uh, he, he's really turned himself around and gotten on a path where, he's, where we can see the path to success, where he, he recognizes that uh, the, the life in the streets that he was living is not a positive one and it's not even the most lucrative one. A lot of people get drawn to the streets because they think you can make money in the streets. Um, but, he, but he's recognizing now that that's not even the case. That's not, that's not the way that you get financial success. Uh, and, and he's, uh, he's uh, attacking... Uh, he, he's attacking legitimate ways uh, to to make a living for himself, and he has goals. Um, so this is it's not a story I tell a lot because it's not you know the kid who in the four years of high school that we worked with him uh, turned himself around, and now he's at Washington University or something or, or something along those lines. This is a kid who's still a work in progress. He's twenty years old now, um, but we see the impact of not giving up. Uh, I I think a lot of people. Uh, will lose, you know, going from someone who, you know, was robbing people to someone who's making $35,000 legitimately and has uh, essentially started his own business uh, as a personal trainer. Uh, That's a massive turnaround. And I think that's the type of turnaround that we're going to need in the city of Chicago so that we can, so that we can improve our outcomes. And the only thing that needed to happen for this, uh, for him, was for him to be given the resources and opportunities for him to get strategic advice, uh, some help in goal setting. Uh, I he didn't have a phone to contact uh, potential clients in, so he couldn't take clients. So we just got him a phone, uh, and because of that, you know, hundred dollar investment, a few hours at a time of talking to him, uh, we we've we've taken part in helping to turn his life around. Uh, so I, I I look at that as a real sign of hope for all the young people that we work with. Um, all the young people, even after they graduated, that maybe haven't uh, gotten on the path that they want to be on, uh, just seeing the redemption story that that he is uh, really uh, gives me hope for the future of the program and the future of the West Side of Chicago. Well, that is uh, an inspiring story of hope, Jamile. Thank you for sharing that. And you know, the block provided him a safe place to be, and. I know you provided him with the mentoring and the love and the belief that he could do that. Um, so thank you for um, doing that. And 
I mean, that's a, that's a lot of responsibility for you as the coach, as the director. I know a lot of times in play like a champion, we talk about care for the caregiver. Uh, how do you give yourself that, um, energy? Like, what do you do um, at the end of the day after a long day of mentoring, of caring for these kids and, um, you know, wanting them to do so so much more of their life and seeing them do that? And in some cases, probably seeing them not. What keeps you going um, in this mission? I, you know, I'm, I'm thankful to have a an amazing wife uh, that she works with us, but I, I can also go to go, you know, also go home to her, of course. And uh, I, that that really helps me take my mind off of things. One of the things I learned uh, as a social work major at the University of Kentucky uh, was that you have to be able to turn off. You have to be able to leave work. Um, so, you, you know, we, we keep our hobbies uh, outside of the block. I think those that's really important to us. Uh, so my wife goes and rock climbs. I'm learning to play chess and learning to play piano. Uh, learning to do tons of things in a mediocre fashion right now, even though I say excellence is a habit. Um, and I, I, we, we stay busy even when we're outside of this space, staying busy with things that, that fill us up. Even, even, uh, if this, this job can take away from you at times, it's a, it is a grind. Um, especially during COVID-19, I'm, I'm in this building from 7 15 AM to 7 PM every day. And, and honestly, the work isn't always done at that point. Uh, but having uh, other other things that you can tap into just to unplug from the day to day work, uh, but also reflecting on the successes of the work uh, to, to re- reflect on the small victories. This morning, a kid walked in uh, who's 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 failing classes. He's failing like all of his classes. Um, we we could not get him to take part in a day of studying and in a day of virtual learning. Uh, and today at, at 7.55, he rang the doorbell and came in for his virtual learning. That's a, that's a small victory that, that you have to celebrate. Uh, you can't wait until the big victory at the end of the year. You have to celebrate something every single day uh, so that you, you see the, the progress it, that is being made uh, and you don't get burned out by the day-to-day grind of trying to get to the big audacious goal. Every big audacious goal is, is filled with tiny little goals, and those tiny little goals need to be celebrated because at the end of the day, they have massive consequences, so they're not really that tiny to begin with. Uh, so I, we, we, we celebrate often. Uh, we, uh, we, we check in on each other uh, personally. We unplug when we need to, and we keep our hobbies outside of the block. And, and I, I think those are the things that, that uh, keep me energized and make it so that I can wake up the next day and attack it with full force. I think that's pretty darn good advice for anyone, obviously working in, in, you know, teaching or coaching, mentoring, uh, any, any of the areas that that we work with, uh, and, and probably most of our listeners are involved in that's terrific advice. Uh, Jamal, as we let you go here, uh, we're going to post the link to the CNN hero video in, in our podcast notes. So, so check that out if you're listening to this, because I think that does a good job of also kind of showing and explaining a little bit of, of the block. Um, but tell us how, if, if our listeners, uh, want to learn more, uh, about what you're doing there at the block in Chicago, uh, how can they learn more? Absolutely. So if you want to learn more about the block, you can go to the blockchicago.org. Uh, that's the B-L-O-C Chicago.org. I would also highly encourage people to follow us on Twitter, on Instagram, 
Instagram's more prolific than Twitter for us, uh, as well as on Facebook at The Block Chicago. Uh, we uh, try to keep uh, as, as uplifting as a feed as possible while also uh, explaining what's happening in our young people's lives and and what we're doing to to pitch in. So uh, I, I, I'd love for everyone who's listening to this to, to follow us on our social feeds, visit our website uh, if you'd like to get involved, volunteer, donate, or just uh, sign up for our news our, our newsletter so that we can uh, stay in touch with you. Jamal, thank you so much for joining Play Like a Champion today. Our listeners um, are grateful for your work and we wish you good luck. And we look forward to the day where we can see you in person again, hopefully at a conference in the near future. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you all for having me on. I Like, like I said, I always love engaging with Play Like a Champion uh, because it's such an important mission and you all really understand the power of sports. Uh, so thank you for, for this opportunity to speak. Well, thank you. Thanks for all you're doing. A pleasure to talk to you today. Thanks, Jamal. Kristen, another great conversation with someone who's using sports as a true difference maker in the lives of young people. What stuck out to you from our conversation with Jamal? Oh, wow. So much. First of all, he is, he is just a, an inspiring person um, and yeah. he's really making a difference in um, the lives of children. I think what what he said that really struck me is that something profoundly unfair is happening on the west side of Chicago. He said, you know, these children are not less talented, they're not less intelligent, um, and they just need to have resources. And that's what Jamile is providing is uh, through the lure of boxing, the opportunity to get the kids into the classroom and engaging in art um, so that they can tap into their true, um, their true potential. We just have to care for these children. Yeah, I agree. You know, one of the things that always strikes me about Jamile, and we've been working with him for a little bit now, uh, is he does such a great job of providing sort of a practical blueprint, right? I think sometimes we look at these people who are, you know, he's a CNN hero and, and has gotten some great publicity, but we think, oh, that clearly he's called to do that, but, but I, you know, I can't make that kind of difference. And yet, as Jamile said on multiple occasions, you know, really practical things that he's doing during the day at the block, um, you know, the ways he's the shout outs example, uh, something that, that is practical that you could do anywhere, um, ways to really build these kids up, to show them that you care and to provide the resources, as you said, I mean, it is about going out and giving these kids the resources, uh, that's so critical. So I love that. And also his advice about, you know, how to stay, um, positive and energetic yourself. Uh, when you're when you're giving of yourself that way, I thought was really helpful for coaches as well. Right. And he's making a difference. You know, he said that the GPAs have gone up for his kids. There's 40 percent fewer discipline issues. Um, this works. And it, it is, as, as Jamile said, it's a moral responsibility that we all have. Uh, to serve humanity in this regard. And so, you know, we, we hope you'll check out the block Chicago and mm-hmm. um, maybe even come to our play like a champion conference in the summer. Cause Jamal always joins us and um, have the opportunity to meet him in person. Yeah. And he is, he's a special individual doing really impressive things. And, and so, yeah, I would second that if you get a chance, uh, he is definitely someone you want to meet. Well, Kristen, we want to thank everyone here for joining us. Uh, on the Play Like a Champion show. 
And remember that you can subscribe and download our podcast on your favorite podcast platform until we can meet again in person. The virtual uh, uh, Play Like a Champion show weekly is a great way to interact. You can also find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. As we mentioned, PLC for character and Play Like a Champion. Uh, If you haven't listened to the first 10 episodes of the show, go back and do that as well. Finally, you can visit our website, playlikeachampion.org, find out more information uh, and, and learn about our partners and all the great work that's going on out there in communities across the country. Kristen, thanks as always for being here. I look forward to our next conversation. Thanks, Pete. And thank you to all of our listeners for joining us. Have a great week, everyone. And wherever you are, remember to play like a champion each and every day. Thank you.